Uh, I'm very glad to have you here. Oh, no. Come on, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> no, really, I'm very excited to talk to you. And like, since we met, I've been really following like what's been up with you with Bloodhunter. And um, when I heard that like you became the new vocalist of Nervosa, I said, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very happy for you, and um, so uh, can you tell me like how do you feel about like your new role? I know that you gave a lot of interviews, so I'll be short on this. But just how are you there in Nervosa? Well, it's been kind of weird in this crazy situation with. Uh, pandemic and so on but um, it's been great because even in a moment that people are thinking in another kind of stuff completely different about music and and that um, they sent a lot of messages and I was not expecting um, a, such an amazing acceptance from everybody because um, I know it was a hard place to to um, to work with, you know, because um, Fernanda, it's an amazing singer, an amazing yeah. vocalist, and from woman, and she's very loved by everybody. I mean, even for me, it's a main reference in the extreme metal scene, and um, it was a, a big challenge for me to face that moment of, okay, I'm the new vocalist of Nervosa, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy I can hide that but um, I, I it was kind of difficult for me in that sense well I can I can totally understand because you know whenever the lineup changes I mean the front man the front woman is the hardest part because like a lot of people they recognize only like the front woman. Uh, what I wanted to say, like um, my YouTube channel and these bandsman talks are mostly about backstage stuff. And what I'm interested in, uh, how do you manage to be in two bands? Because you're also the vocalist of Black Hunter. And I mean, um, I can hardly imagine that because like I'm, I have a lot to do with my, with one band. So okay. how can you tell me what is the difference between the two bands? Maybe what functions do you do in Bloodhunter and in Nervosa? Well, they are completely different projects because uh, Bloodhunter is an um, um, extreme metal band, more focused on death metal, melodic death metal, kind of. And uh, we are very deeply rooted in the underground scene, so we have never been on tour um, except for Spain and Portugal so we played amazing festivals here in Spain and in Portugal as well but, but never been on tour in Europe or America so we don't play so frequently as Nervosa uh, usually do because Nervosa goes on tour like three months and they take a break <laughs> for two weeks and then they go on tour again so uh, I think it's going to be difficult in a way because um, I have my own job and I know that probably if this COVID situation changes someday, hopefully, um, probably I'll have to quit. And then uh, Nervous Anvil Hunter will be my two main 
works <laughs> jobs mm -hmm. for that time. So I don't know. I think that um, we can manage that situations because, as I told before, um, Bloodhunter doesn't play so frequently. So maybe we can have a day off and then I can travel and play with Bloodhunter and. Um, I, I think it it can work. And um, anyway, I've been working in many different things at the same time because Bull Hunter has not uh, so much work in that sense. So I've been uh, doing collabs with other artists here in Spain and I had on a, another project. It was um, alternative, close to metalcore or something like that, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like uh, two singers, me and another girl. And uh, last summer was like uh, Friday. I had to play with Algridge. That was the name of this project. Saturday, I had to go with Bloodhunter. Sunday, I had to go with Mago de Ol, or I don't know, another different band. So it was uh, like a training for me <laughs> in, that, in that way. But obviously, but it uh, is going to be huge. So yes, ready, yeah. Ready <laughs> <laughs> I see, but uh, what what I'm also interested in, for example, when it comes to Blood Hunter, uh, apart from being a vocalist, do you do something like maybe manage uh, social media or maybe like doing interviews or I don't know sending merch? Like, do you do something like that, or is it being handled by other? band members and what about Nervosa? I know that Nervosa is big so you have management you have everything but still like maybe how do you write songs I know that you've been writing uh, the new album so how does it work in these two bands which are different like can you tell me Yes, well, in Bloodhunter, I just write the lyrics and the vocal lines. So for me, it's easy to help with another stuff like sending merch and doing interviews. Uh, with the previous album, The End of Faith, I did almost all the interviews and, and I always help with sending merch. I mean, we have a, like a mail account and we register all the shipments and I prepare that and I send the pics and... I mean, it's something that I like to do because I think that if I can't um, do other stuff like writing an amazing solo because I don't play guitar, um, <laughs> I have to do something to help in another way. And with Nervosa, um, Prika told us since the beginning that she liked to, to have um, like a kind of family and she was interested in people that could help with anything that would be needed and obviously we can ask answer any interview i mean we have a management and we have a a big uh, record label but um if somebody just write me a message uh, asking for an interview it's okay for them so um, i've been doing interviews since may i think that was the the announcement and it has been crazy so um mm. I we all have been doing a lot of, of interviews, especially Prika, because she's a fan member. So, yes, I, I try my best in Nervosa. It's my very first time uh, helping with anything. So I think it's going to be interesting. And in the way of uh, writing songs, Prika told us that uh, she liked to work 
together. So we've been working together in the studio. We have been talking uh, and working through Google Drive and using other stuff just to get in touch and, and doing things with internet because we couldn't um, travel so much uh, with this situation. So it's been kind of difficult and, and different um, if there was another normal life. Yeah, yeah, I can totally understand. And um, uh, actually, one of the questions here on YouTube channel was, uh, how does an international band work? I mean, as far as I remember, you guys are all in Nervosa from different countries. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes back to normal, are you going to rehearse together or maybe you haven't thought about it? Like, how does it work? Well, we just don't know because uh, Prika is thinking about moving to Europe because she was living in Brazil and um, mm -hmm. Eleni, our drummer, lives in Greece. Mia, our bassist, lives in Italy. I live in Spain. So we have a rehearsal yet and we traveled to Milano because um, the first time we met, we met in Spain to record the, this album, this new album. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of unfair if the girls were traveling all the time and I was just having fun in, in my country. You know? So <laughs> we chose, we chose um, Italy because uh, Mia lives there and we book a place and, and have our very first rehearsal just to feel how this is going to, to be all together because uh, we've never been together except for the recording. So it's been crazy <laughs> right because it's like um you know we've been talking for for months and we have many meetings but being all together um living in the same space it's kind of different than talking daily or or every week so yeah yeah that is for sure um yeah. do you have like um what about the language, you know, when you have uh, the band from your own country, it feels a bit different. And I'm just interested in, like, does it influence, like, your conversations, maybe writing lyrics or something like that? Yeah, that, that's crazy because um, I was born in a place in the northwest of Spain where we talk a language called Galician that it's very uh, similar to Portuguese. Mm -hmm. so, I try to speak in Portuguese with Prika, but when we are all together, we have to speak in English. So um, <laughs> sometimes we speak in, in English, other times we speak in Portuguese. This last time we've been trying to learn some Italian just because of Mia. Eleni is trying to speak some Spanish. So every time that I go back home, it's like, uh, hi, hello. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, to the vein. I don't know what kind of language should I be speaking, but it's very cool because uh, I learn a lot of, of different things from uh, all that cultures. In the end, we are not so different. And it, it's so beautiful to see how when you live um, like thousand or kilometers far away from the others and still you have things in common. That's very, very beautiful. Yeah, that is actually what I always feel on tour because we've been touring with 
people from different countries, but in the end, like you really feel like a family, especially if it's like the second week of touring and you're all together. And sometimes you start understanding other languages just because like you're doing the same stuff every day <laughs> and like, ah, he's, he's saying yeah. this now, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I discovered your band in in the Cobra and the Lotus, Butcher Babies tour when you played in in Madrid, and for me yeah, it was yeah. wow. How how can they uh, handle these situations of being all together? Because I mean everybody tries to speak in English, but um, it's it's very different to be in a place like the USA, you know, or or Ukraine or Spain. It's I think it's very, very different. But in a way, I don't know, we have something, that kind of connection because of music that makes everything just perfect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let me see other questions. Um, so you, I also like, I uh, checked out some interviews of yours and uh, you also mentioned that you have another job, like a day mm -hmm. job. Can you tell like what, what you're doing? Yes, I work as a psychiatric nurse. I've been working as a nurse from the last 10 years almost. And well, with this with this COVID situation, um, I've been very lucky because I'm not working in a hospital. I'm working in a kind of outpatient center, so for me it's been easier, and mm -hmm. it's been great because um, I didn't have to stay at home, and I I could have my my job. I know that there was a lot of people. I work in a in a neighborhood where people suffered a lot, talking about uh, money. And um, it's it's very um, amazing when you wake up every morning and you say, okay, everything is fucked up, but I'm going to try to help anybody that comes to that door and let's see what happens. Today's a new day. And you have to understand that there are people that just need to talk to somebody. And, and if you are just okay, um, they, they will... Uh, thank you forever because they are in a very very bad situation and just saying hi how are you it's like wow everybody is thinking about how I am even when everybody feels so bad and I don't know it's it's been hard times but um, I think for me it's been I feel very lucky to have uh, this job and, and to have this life but um, I, I can't deny that I'm always dreaming about uh, having music as my my only choice and mm -hmm. well who knows if this can happen someday when COVID doesn't exist anymore so um, let's see I don't know. I'm sure it will I'm sure it will I also saw that you are offering uh, vocal lessons extreme vocal lessons so that's another direction that you're doing and uh, <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions on this matter so the first one uh, how did you learn to do extreme vocals was it like did you do it on your own or not and when did you start doing this um, I think I, I started to try to learn like in 2010 11 more or less 
and um, it was uh, very uh, it was horrible at all <laughs> because um, I I just tried to find a, a teacher that could help me to to grow or something similar to that but um, in a place like my hometown there was nobody um, teaching extreme metal singing so I, I just found a teacher I tried to learn some melodic singing but I just you know you, you come to somebody and, and you just ask for this particular thing and she tried to make me sing Aita Franklin that is amazing <laughs> but you know I was not looking for that so for me it was very frustrated I was very very frustrated and um, I quit and at that time I moved to to the place that I live now to Madrid and I found like uh, an academy that they promised me that they could teach me to to roll or try to scream but nothing happened I remember myself going like uh, one hour per week for five six months and it was like Okay, I quit again because this is not what I was looking for. And with time, I realized that, okay, I need some uh, basics that I should know uh, for singing in general, not only for extreme metal. Mm. So I just found another teacher and I, I didn't quit. <laughs> so <in> my last <laughs> I decided to resist and sing whatever or try it because I'm not very good at melodic singing. And all this time, I've been just um, trying to study every single live show that I attend, uh, trying to talk to other vocalists, uh, watching a lot of tutorials in YouTube. Um, I watched the um, Sound of Screaming DVD of Melissa. Of course. <laughs> I think, yes, I think I've been... Uh, watching any kind of video in relation to rolling, screaming, fry screaming, whatever. Because, uh, yes, I realized that I don't have idea of what I'm doing, but I just discovered um, a couple of things that uh, were a, a very big problem for me in the beginning, because uh, obviously I didn't know what I I remember myself talking with... Um, a vocal teacher that told me that he never uh, listened to extreme metal before, but he could appreciate like um, a lot of air in my singing, and that could be the the problem that would be making me feel kind of weird every time that I tried to sing. And I just spent like two years trying to focus on practice and eliminate all that air that I just. It just came from my mouth with no control and okay I realized that I have to this is the time that I have to learn how to breathe and use my diaphragm correctly because uh, in the beginning I just could sing like uh, three words and that's all there was, mm -hmm. was no more air for me so that was my struggle what is your favorite uh, extreme metal technique? I mean, growl, scream, big squeal, fry. Which one do you like most? Well, I think I feel more more comfortable with uh, growling because that was mm. what I learned in the beginning. I mean, when I was trying to 
find the right position and so on. I think I was more close to the fry screaming, but I was very bad at that. And when I found rolling, it was like that. <laughs> that was the sound that I was searching for. And it was like, thank you, fine. <laughs> but um, I remember myself like one month before entering the studio for recording our first demo with Blood Hunter. And I have been practicing a lot, but um, just the previous month, I found this, this position for, for growling. And that changed my mind at all, because I was supposed to uh, sing all the, the songs with kind of fry screaming. And when I found this, this sound, it was like, no, okay, I'm going to do growls, even if I, if I have to to take better and I think it, it's been kind of a limitation because rolling sounds mm, I don't know like very mm, in in the same way you know it's not very mm-hmm. has not many variations there's not a lot of notes out there so sometimes it's like um, I've been doing some collabs and the other artists Ask me, but you could do something with more melody. I'm trying to, without any note, it's kind of just you can approach some rhythms, but not notes. And that has been like a kind of worry that I've been parling all these years. But anyway, I choose grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Uh, and I can say that on the last album that we did, I actually tried growling on notes and making it more melodic, but like fry cream is still not my thing. And uh, I also tried um, to do something about it with my vocal teacher, but he said, okay, you have already an established growling technique. So maybe you should like, uh, right now you should focus more on making it more stable more long lasting again with all the air because i remember like when i started i also i couldn't handle like you know a verse because i was like i can i can roll a line and then yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you're moving on stage everything is like (laughs) yes i can Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I'm not a vocal teacher, but whenever people ask me, like, what should you do? I, I like breath support. The first thing you, you just have to breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe a lot. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, uh, I also I, I try yeah, to, yeah. to do some exercises too, to not going to the gym because I hate it, but just trying to exercise mm-hmm. myself at home because I understood that um, finding having a good uh, resistance it's very important for me because on stage I I always try to move just not to be like a stone in the middle of the stage you know and um, I need a lot of training to to handle the long rows while you're working just to make it more as you say, more stable, because uh, sometimes when you're walking or when you want to jump, it's like, and that's not very good at all. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, I also know that you were on um, the TV show The Voice, and that you grow grow there. And um, what I wanted to ask is, um, how do you think is there a place for extreme vocals on the television, like and on all these voice shows? Because I mean, it's quite a complicated technique to do and i think that it really like people should pay attention to it um and uh, what do you think like are people prepared for that on the big screen okay um in my opinion i i mean um i love uh, um all that kind of uh, talent shows and i've always liked to have that kind of TV shows on television because um, and I don't know all that the um, MTV shows or the watching video clips that nowadays in Spain we don't have something like that so I really miss miss that kind of content on TV and I thought that um, probably if we don't have more metal music on on this kind of programs it's because we just don't want to go because we think that uh, we are like a very special uh, scene that um, as we are completely different there's no space for us there and that's not true because when I've been there almost every um, single person that was working on the TV show behind the cameras um, they knew the name of the band of the event that I was wearing the t-shirt that day or I don't know they asking me if I like Cannibal Corpse or you know they they were metal fans as well so it's been kind of um, amazing to work with that people because you just think that everybody is like in Spain everybody loves flamenco and pop and that's okay but um, even to be working on television doesn't mean that you only love that kind of music styles, you know. And I I learned that that was my lesson, and uh, they treat me really really good. And I learned a lot from my other partners in the TV show because they were all very very like 18 years old or 19 years old, and for me it was like, come on, they can play piano, guitar. They've been singing for. 12 years and I'm here just with five years of experience or so I can play any instrument because I'm I've tried but I'm terrible with all of them and <laughs> it's like it's like you know you think that metal it's right it's an amazing style we have amazing musicians but there are a lot of amazing musicians out there in other music styles and I think that um, we should think about it and why not let's break some walls and try different things because if you don't go to a tv show you'll never know if they want to see what you're doing or what's your talent you know and, and that was my lesson for that time and i mean there was a lot of people in the metal scene here in spain that asked me about my experience because they was like kind of um, unsure, uh, they were trying to to do the castings and so on, but they wouldn't finally accept the the, um, and the challenge. So um, they always um, ask me 
what do you think? I should go. Um, that would be good for my career. And I said, I don't know. Just do it if you want because it's a cool experience. And if you want to leave it and enjoy it, it's okay. But don't think about um, becoming famous or something like that because uh, that's not a program for that, you know. Obviously, if you're going with your growlings for the very first time, as it was in my case, I knew that I probably wouldn't win the contest, but it was okay because um, I was trying to mix growling with clean singing because they asked me to do that, just not to appear with all the growls alone. You know? and, and I accepted even that I know that I was terrible with clean melodics. And, well, it's been great. And I think we all should try different things just to um, change our minds. And I don't know. It, it's okay if you try other stuff out of metal. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. And I'm really wondering if we ever have, you know, the extreme version of the voice or something like yeah. that. It would be so cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be really we cool should, because they have something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I when I when I saw Nergal in the Polish edition, for mm -hmm. me it was like, yes, I wish somebody was there just to do some rolling or something like that. They're not, but um, anyway, having a person like Nergal in the jury. It's it's a very good reason to to believe that we have uh, space enough for everybody. We can be um, in the same consideration that other styles, and, and why not? Or even Christina Scabia, or I don't know. That that makes me think that there's hope for the metal um, close to other styles in in this uh, mainstream world. I think that like people like Christina and Nergal, what is great about them is that they are not afraid to go out of the underground because a lot of, especially a lot of extreme metal bands, they are, you know, they think that the more underground they are, the more true they are yeah. and all the things. And they don't want to be, they don't want to do anything with business or commerce or something like that, which is, for me, it has been always so strange because, like, in my mind, I think that um, having sponsorships or endorsements or participating, like, in front of a bigger crowd, in the end, it will bring you more opportunities to even to make your show at a higher production you know so you yes. see if you want to have your show look great you still need to have a team you have to pay to the people who are doing your lights and your sound you want to have stage props you want to have a bigger stage and all the things and you you just have to earn this money from somewhere and yeah. i mean if it doesn't influence your art why why refuse to do it you know so, yes. and Nurgle, like for me, Nurgle is a great uh, musician and a great, you know, businessman in the music industry yeah. because he knows how to combine it perfectly. And it's really cool. And I was very inspired to, he has a book about him, like with the yeah. interviews. 
And I, I love this book a lot. And it's like, yeah, it's like my Bible of being like yeah. in the music industry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's so. that kind of person of uh, like uh, the main influence for all of us in this era, modern era, because uh, he's been living the true black metal years and, and he could adapt all the, the imaginary, the, the concept of behemoth to a modern uh, age and a modern concept and mixing with um, different stuff from arts, from, I don't know, I remember uh, when they started to wear all that masks with uh, fur and, and jewel, and it was like, what, what? kind of stuff is that we never could imagine that black metal could have something like that and yes it's possible and and that's amazing because I, I mean probably Nergal has been um, searching for references in art to make a different stuff with their uh, outfits on stage and and why not using this kind of things it's okay it's something different and and something that you've never seen before so great awesome yeah, yeah, that's true. I also read that you were, or maybe are, modeling for some brands. Uh, can you also tell me, like, um, did you find the brands to model for, or did they contact you? How How is it going? And, like, are you happy about it? What do you think, like, about um, people from, I don't know, metal scene modeling for brands? Well, um, I started modeling just because um, uh, my boyfriend had a friend uh, that was working like an alternative model. And she asked him that um, if I like to come with her to a photo session. And well, I was young. I had nothing to do. I was studying. So I had a lot of free time. And I thought, why not? Okay. And the first uh, photo shoot that I did, it was because they tried to dress me like a pinup doll and I like that <laughs> just seeing the pictures but not for myself I was like with the um, barrel collar with a, a big big dress and, and <laughs> my hair was like this with a lot of volume and wow that was awful to see but um, <laughs> then I realized that obviously um, if you want to be involved in art, you can do a lot of different stuff from photography, music, um, I don't know, literature. But uh, photography for me was just like a, uh, something to do because it could be funny just to, to try a different stuff at that time of my life. So I started to attend a lot of stream metal shows in my hometown and I discovered a lot of, of bands that were searching for some models, some girls to promote their merch, taking pictures and, and that stuff. And I thought that, okay, why not? I've been doing this before, so okay. And then um, when I posted one pic, somebody just seen it and they wrote me a message asking me if I wanted to, to do that for their bands. And that was my, my beginning with the alternative modeling for, for bands. And well, I, I remember that I won a contest for Jeffrey Campbell that was a brand 
for shoes that I really love because there was like crazy stuff like platforms like 20 centimeters and things like that <laughs> oh my <God>. yeah <laughs> with a lot of spikes and studs and it was like wow this is heavy and I I thought that I won this contest a lot of years ago and the the prize was to have a photo session and they just bring you a pair of boots for free and for me it was like oh my god wow, wow great mm-hmm. <laughs> i do it <laughs> and that, that was my, my thing with with modeling because um i i started to feel like uh, bored of doing always the same stuff you know a photographer asked you if you wanted to take some pics and there was like, okay, I have to look for some outfits and spend money on that that I really want to spend on going to shows and, and equipment for myself. And I thought that this is something that I won't do anymore because um, I don't really enjoy it. And I I stopped doing that. So I have some friends from that time, like um, Antonio Secret, that is uh, an amazing photographer from Madrid. And he works with bands for promotional bigs and, and that stuff. So I'm just doing that from time to time. Or if he needs something from me, I'm sure I'll be there if you need me, but nothing else. Because I got very, very sick of that kind of world of modeling. I see. That's that's a very interesting point of view. I mean, because... Um, obviously, especially like with your new role in Nervosa, I think that more brands are going to contact you, you know, just because it always happens like that. So it's really interesting, like to hear your point of view. Um, I guess that I have just the last question um, is about uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe promoting yourself, promoting Bloodhunter, maybe Nervosa. Um, do you use them? I know that you do, but I mean, how <laughs> active you are there? And uh, maybe which one is your favorite social media and why? Um, you know, it's it's happening to me almost the same like with photography. <laughs> In the beginning, mm-hmm. I really loved social media because it was like, okay, I can talk with anybody just in one second. I can see what they are doing with the stories. And that was like my TV in the morning. I just woke up, drink a coffee and, and open the Instagram account just to see the stories of anybody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, crazy because uh, that's not real life. Everybody's posting things about what they love the most or things that are beautiful, but uh, they don't post, I feel like, shit, this has been a very bad day or I broke my leg, you know. It's something like a world of fairy tales that I don't believe anymore. So I think um, we all need social media because that's the way of promoting ourselves in, in, in this time that we are living and that we can play shows right now and so you have to work through these uh, tools but um, I'm, I'm admit that I'm kind of tired and I've not been posting a lot of things these last weeks because it's like okay I just want to uh, post something that I'm really um, uh, enjoying to do or something that I've been working on but not a uh, 
a pig in my house again with my dog or mm -hmm. about what I've been eating. Who cares? It's stupid sometimes. We are so worried about what to post. I have to post something because I've been uh, doing other stuff and okay, I have to show. I don't know. It's it's crazy. I think they are great tools for, for these times, but that's all for me. I think um, I'm going to use it in a different way, I think, from the past. And yes, with, with Bloodhunter, I, I try to um, check all the social media. And I think my um, fave from all times has been YouTube because I, I watch a lot of uh, content there. But I admit that Instagram got my heart these days <laughs> because um, <laughs> everything is like more personal in YouTube. I don't know if people that uses YouTube just is changing the content or I don't know, but with Reels, I think it's the name of, of the that, mm -hmm. thing that you can at Instagram or, or Instagram TV or all that kind of stuff. It's like um, there's a lot of things that you can do and posting a video here and then another in the other social media. It's like too much. Yeah, that is true. I actually, I'm also very tired of social media, but I just understand that if I don't do anything like with Ignea, then it's like, we will be off the radar. Yeah. That's why, like, what I do, I, I try not to really scroll the feed, you know, I just, I try to come up with something like a content plan. I post things, I just, you know, open the app to post something and then I quit so, oh, and, yeah. and that's it of course yeah so of course of course I reply to comments because I know again that if you do reply to everything that it brings your post up so I mean I'm and I really I love to be in contact with our listeners I really love and uh, we are friends with a lot of them but yeah, I'm tired and I've been to the mountains for a couple of days and I was like, finally, no connection, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the same for me when we were to record the, um, this new album of Nervosa because we've been in a big house in the middle of Malaga in the south of Spain, in the mountains. There was nobody else around, so we have uh, no um, uh, data there. So there was no connection at all. There was terrible. So it was like, okay, some weeks without Instagram, Facebook. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I admit that sometimes I, I feel a bit angry because, uh, you know, you've been working in, in a post um, about your last video clip or something. And it's like um, 2000. Uh, reactions and then you post a single peak in your house doing this and like uh, 10,000 reactions yeah. <laughs> makes me feel like no way so delete delete all the time <laughs> just <laughs> it's like no more no more hearts no more smiles no more emojis about this tutor I won't post this anymore <laughs> so <laughs> that's all for me <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I I can understand you in full. Um, I won't take your time anymore. Thank you so much for this cool conversation. I really loved it a lot. And I wish you good luck with Nervosa. Thank you so much. I hope 
<laughs> I hope that we all will get back to touring soon and maybe we will share the stage someday. It would wow. be really, really cool. I really yeah. to your previous album, um, like, uh, I don't know, I remember myself going to, to my job, my car, and all the time, Alexandria. <laughs> I really love the album. So I've been, um, since that day that I saw you on stage, for me, it was like, wow, she's awesome. Because um, your presence, that control of uh, your voice with mixing clean vocals and, and grows, for me, was like, wow, so powerful that's not very common because obviously there are a lot of good singers but not everybody makes growls with cleans normally it's like fry screaming with cleans or something like that and for me it was like yeah that's <laughs> she's fun yeah oh thank you thank you 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 make me flattered no, um, no way <laughs> <laughs> yes Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bandsment, a podcast about everything that bands are doing with their management to get out of the basement. If you have a band and would like to share your experience, contact us through the email that you can find in the description to this episode. Subscribe to our podcast today. New episodes will be out every week. Our talks are also available on YouTube. You can find the link to our channel and social profiles in the description.